Hey everyone, welcome back to Stay Curious, a podcast where we want to create diversity in thought without creating division in community. I am your co-host, Matt Fisher. I am the care pastor here at Hill City, and I am here, as always, with my co-host, my friend, my partner in life. Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) My partner in podcasting, who's here with his partner in life. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Mr. John Wagler. What's up? Wags, what's going on, man? Going on vacation tomorrow morning. Yeah. Excited about that. Where are you guys going? Topsail. Oh, okay. And so we're, my family, Lacey's family, going to be a good time. Good. So excited to do that and to get away for a little bit. Well, speaking of y'all's family and Lacey. Yes. We're also here with your wonderful wife. Yes. Hello. Co-pastor of our church here at Hill City, Lacey Wagler. Hi. You excited for vacation? I'm very excited for vacation. <laughs> you guys badly need vacation. <laughs> we really need vacation. So we're working as hard as we can yeah. so that we can then not work yeah. for a week. So. Yeah, it's been – I feel like it's like sort of a thing to say to pastors like, you so need a vacation. You guys need a vacation for things – I mean, just from everything, <laughs> like not just church stuff. It's I would a, agree. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't always agree, but like we actually need, need a vacation. Need a vacation. <laughs> yeah. I was on a phone call with a friend yesterday and – and he goes, man, this pandemic, right, man? And I was just like, you know, I'll be honest. That's like fourth or fifth on my list <laughs> right now. Sure. Just things hard been, things this year. Just, yeah. yeah. And that's not downplaying the pandemic. No, yet. it's right. just like, there's just been other things. Oh, this year. man. Lots it going happens. on. Lots going on. Well, um, today we are going to um, do something that we don't always do. We want to um, always keep in mind that we have listeners for Stay Curious that are not Hill City uh attenders so we try not to like use this as a as a like dvd commentary of the larger sermon yeah Yeah. but um this past sunday uh for those of us who don't attend um john you spoke uh we're continuing a a um series on colossians 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 Colossians. i was good ephesians and colossians (laughs) i know what we're talking about i just get the names mixed up on colossians and um you tackled the uh the infamous um, wives submit to your husbands, yeah. um, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. And so, you know, it sort of led to some talk about um, gender and gender roles in the church and, and women in ministry yeah. um, and, and family dynamics and all that stuff. So we thought um, people really responded well to it, and it's definitely the type of thing that we would talk about on Stay Curious. So we thought, why not have we, – we have a female pastor in Lacey, and so why not, like – have a woman in ministry on to chat through that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, can you just for folks that, so you can go to hillcityrva.com um, to the sermon section and watch that if you want to. Um, I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this, you may or may not be familiar with that scripture. What is the, um, can you cite the scripture for me? It's Colossians 3, um, 22. Okay. Um, and so brief little overview of Paul speaking into the household codes of the Greco-Roman culture. And he makes this comment about wives submit to your husbands, um, as is fitting to following Christ. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then he says, husbands love your wives. And, um, and so he's speaking into the overall cultural context at that time. And what does it mean for once you have this transformative moment with Christ and takes over your life, what does that look like in the family? And then what does that look like in terms of the, there again we're reading into greco-roman culture not western Mm -hmm. culture but what does it look like to really 
completely overturn social relationships and um, constructs that are there that um, were at play during that time. Mm-hmm. And so it became a, a huge mess. To us right now, it feels like, whoa, whoa, that seems outdated. But to them, it would have been revolutionary. And he was speaking in a way that does feed into how we view relationships now. Mm. Yeah, I think the term he uses, or that they used to use, is paterfamilias, which yes. always reminds me of "Oh brother, where art thou?" He like always is running around like I'm the I'm the paterfamilias. <laughs> um, so there are a couple of other like terms that we kind of want to roll over real quick yeah. because we'll probably use them, and they're like churchy terms that the three of us are familiar with, but yep. that everybody might not be familiar with. Did um, you want to go over those real quick? Yeah, I'll do that. So complementarian is the first one, and um, so when you hear that phrase, a lot of times people will be like thinking of the word compliment as in like saying something nice about each other. But what it really comes from is, is the other spelling of compliment. And um, it's this idea of making something whole. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, but within the complementary view, um, women aren't technically viewed as a second sex or lesser than or they shouldn't be. in it's kind of purest form, but there are roles that are at play. Mm-hmm. And so in a complementarian role, they would view men as head of the home mm-hmm. And then also within the church structure. Now, your typical complementarian wouldn't say that carries over to business. Um, but just in the home and in church culture, they would say there is a structure that's in play in creation. If you look through Israel's history, um, you know, this was the way it was, that men were in certain roles and, um, and that women were in certain roles. And that those roles together show the beauty of God and show the beauty of Christ's relationship to the church and the church's relationship to Christ. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, but within that, um, there are roles. Mm-hmm. And so and they would view kind of uh, theological passages that Paul t- typically writes. Peter does. He references it too. But in the words of be- submitting or the men being head, it's this idea. They believe that that word head is theirs in terms of like a, an authoritative role. Mm. Okay, so that's complementarian. Egalitarian, um, are, they view it as that word head means source. So which is different. And um, so like if you read it as source, all of a sudden you're like it changes the the feel of the scripture passage. So an egalitarian would say that, no, 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 Jesus is the head of everything. Men and men, man and woman were created equally um, at Genesis and that when Jesus comes in, he replaces Adam as the head of everything. Mm. And so um, as that is the and he becomes the source of everything. And so then we operate underneath that. There's no separation in gifts and, you know, and roles. And in some families, it might look like traditional, like I'll use that phrasing that we've kind of all grown up with, where men is the head of the home. And you might see that because maybe that's the way it works out in their family. But then you might see in other scenarios where it works out a little bit differently and just appreciation of each other's roles. And so there's some overlap, honestly, in the two in its purest forms, there are some overlap, but egalitarian just kind of views it as um, there's an equality there that isn't necessarily present in the complementarian view. Okay. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's well said. Yeah. Um, So, Lacey, um, what is your experience in this? Like, kind of, I would like to know a little bit of your history of, like, growing up and, like, seeing this play out or not play out um and and um what your sort of just like kind of elevator pitch life journey is in this women in ministry thing as you you know came up to become a pastor right so my church growing up 
was a really great church experience. I'm super thankful for it. And of course, looking back on any kind of experience older, you're like, oh, I see some things, you know, that I would maybe change there, tweak or something like that. But it was like a really positive situation. And um, and I will say too, it like just to be clear, like in my home growing up as well, like I always was super empowered and loved and felt, you know, equal, even, you know, being a girl versus like my brother or things like that. Um, and, your da- and your dad would be complimentarian in his view. Yeah, I think so. so yeah. We, that, that's John a good told point. me that later. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I just didn't think about things but like that. But it's a good point to, I think, right. reference because sometimes people automatically think. Yeah, like you were shut down. That's going to be a jerk if it's yeah. so. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. And so my, even though now looking back, I'm like, oh, I grew up in a complementarianism like world. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that growing up and um, always felt very loved and encouraged and um, and and all of that. Um, so it was in a really I, – I also had just really great men in my life. And so I'm not coming to this conversation from a great place of like great pain or trauma kind of thing. Um my dad is just like the best and also the the pastors that pastored the church that I was in were really godly men that treated women well and so um so I've so coming into this conversation even in the past couple of years as John and I have like just even talked about so I guess a couple a couple of years ago I heard these terms for the first time right. and I was like wait I grew up how <laughs> and um and so um Anyway, so that was kind of like new information for me. But now looking back, I'm like, okay, I, there are some things that I notice that I um, that I can see. Like in my church growing up, it was women um, really behind – like they were the motor of mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. and just ran that place. Yet they all reported to men. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think there are these like little messages that I received that I – I didn't really know of, but now that I'm looking back on, like one of my favorite quotes that I say all the time is exposure equals discontent, mm-hmm. um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but now that I've like been exposed to certain ways that the church world has worked, I have like kind of new lenses that I'm viewing things and looking at the messages that I receive. So I saw women like only being like part-time admin roles, but doing full-time jobs mm. um, kind of thing. You know, they're... I, I did hear a lot of just kind of like even mocking women teachers or even like just little comments about like, oh, another Beth Moore Bible study or kind mm. of thing. And I'm like, I really think she's pretty wise and I like her a lot. Um, killer, killer follow on Twitter. Oh, it's such well. a good follow. She's Beth like- Moore is my, <laughs> yeah. I, I tweeted she's my current. Lacey, she might have she might have dethroned you as my current favorite blonde white lady. Oh wow, that's <laughs> fine. Yeah, just for right now, <laughs> that, she definitely <laughs> deserves that title. Um, and then I realized again, looking back, I'm like, oh yeah, no, I was actually taught like quote that you know God raises up women to lead, but only in the absence of men, mm. and only when men did not step into their role. And so I grew up thinking that and and seeing that a lot. And so even I. I think one example where this played out kind of in the early years of our marriage even. So John and I, um, the first thing we ever did in ministry was we led a high school Bible study. We had like 40 kids that came to our house. And at that time, I was um, I was at VCU and I was taking a lot of Bible classes. And so, and John was like, 
he was like a little bit in a different place in his faith. He was like growing and stuff, but like he wasn't. You can say it. I'm I don't behind know. you. I don't know. You're behind me. That's fine. <laughs> And so, (laughs) but I was like learning all of this stuff. And so I really um, led that Bible study and I taught it, I planned for it and stuff and he helped and stuff. But as he um, then started becoming more confident in that, in that role and like just being excited about learning and teaching things, he, um, he started to do more. And instead of me just saying like, this is awesome, like we're both doing this, I kind of took a back seat. And was like, oh, well, he's supposed to be the leader of things, really. And so I would, like, help plan. And, of course, like, this wasn't him putting this on me. I just I just kind of fell back. And so when I look at that and then, you know, the other things throughout the years, I'm like, wow, I, I took a back seat a lot of times because somehow I was trained to think that's where I was supposed to be. Hmm. And, John, what was your um, – you know, you grew up in the church as mm-hmm. well um, – what was your experience with this and how do you feel like that kind of played into consciously or subconsciously y'all's dynamic as you build a church together? Yeah. I think in the beginning, um, I I was probably like similar with Lace. Like we, when I started feeling more confident or taking steps into that, I did feel like I'm supposed to do this and that she was supposed to take a step back. And that, Hmm. and that was like, and, (laughs) and, um, but that was like not, verbalized or even I don't even think if you asked me I would have said that I think it was just like wired into me because mm-hmm. I grew up in in my church back home there were women pastors and and everything else but there was always this subtle kind of male dominated thing mm-hmm. that was there at play and um and so I just never thought about it that much mm-hmm. honestly and and then in my life men always led things like so even when I was like far away from Jesus I was in a male dominated like athletic environment and so like there was no women leadership in anything I was doing so I wasn't even experiencing it you know and so um but even when when I came back to Christ and and then in marriage when we got married and I was taking like good steps forward there I, I don't know if you remember this place but we there was a church on Virginia Beach and they had a woman lead pastor and we were talking about how big it was and everything and I had made the comment and it's funny, but you agreed with me, though. Mm-hmm. I, I made the comment, um, I don't think I could be at a church with a lead woman pastor. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. like, men listen to men and women listen to men, but men, men don't, don't listen, listen to, women. to women. Yeah, that was, like, oh, a quote that I, like, often heard yeah. growing up is okay. why women were – they could lead things, but they couldn't be the leader. Yeah, huh. okay. But, like, I didn't – but it's interesting, like, if even early on in our marriage before we really articulated some of this stuff and – and then I had, and we can talk about this later, but like I had a bunch of things that I ended up going through in scripture that just changed my mind on a lot of stuff. But, um, but even we kind of operated that way, even though I, if you were like, do you view Lacey as ego? I'd be like, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It was never it's a moment a- of like tension or nothing ever felt weird. Hmm. But as now we've like, I guess, processed a lot of this on purpose, we look back and we're like, huh, yeah. that, that's <laughs> not right. right. And I don't know, but yeah. but because I feel like in our relationship, it's always been equal. So there's never it's never felt like I am like you know below him mm-hmm. or something like that. And so then that just like translated to how we viewed the rest of the world. And so I just never felt less than. And so because of that, I never really thought much about it. Mm-hmm. Do you feel? I, I feel like in um, situations where 
we'll use the p word patriarchy is at play <laughs> right and 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 i think when we use these these hot button words like racism and patriarchy and you know there's what automatically comes to mind is some sort of forceful action like a like an oppression right. like a quiet woman you know like yeah. but that's not it's really like the reason that these systems are um uh, so prevalent is because they're subtle and quiet and, and like you guys are saying like you just kind of would sometimes look at each other and be like oh yeah I guess we both kind of thought this right. you know it was never a forceful it was never forced on you as a child and and John had ordained women in the you know <laughs> yeah. church that he grew up in and um, but I think that there's sort of this like passive version of it Absolutely. right it's and, shaping you and all of the little messages yep. yeah. and you don't even know it yeah. right and then there's the active version of it i think in the same way there's sort of like passive submission to it mm-hmm. and active submission to it in in where you have a conversation with um a woman who's just like well you know he's the head of the household and and you know you can kind of tell she's like not right. real stoked on that but there's also a passive submission where there's like, well, I kind of like not deciding things. Like, I yeah. kind of like that he, you know, like. <laughs> and he, sometimes that, like, that was where I would land. Yeah, and- that's what I was going to ask is like, did you ever have <laughs> that where where it was like more of a passive, you, when you, you weren't suddenly awoken to this idea that you were being oppressed in this like forceful way, but rather that you maybe weren't. Um, stepping up in places that you could have because you're just like, I don't know, John does it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and part of in the analyzing of this is also trying to figure out, okay, like what parts of this are because of just the way I'm wired and just my own personality and what I bring to the table? Um, and what is it because I am a woman and was like trained to think in certain things, mm. you know? So like – I don't know, like just little things, even like gender roles in our house. I'm like, John cuts the grass, but yeah. like, I don't want to cut the grass. <laughs> you, you, want, know? <laughs> you can. <laughs> no, but like, but we're training Nevaeh to cut the grass in the same right. way Max is. <laughs> right. So anyway, yeah, it it has been more of a passive thing. There have not been moments in our relationship and where we have had like, we've an argument has come to a head where I think we should go one way and he thinks we should go another way. And I have ha- just had to say, well... You're the head of the household, mm-hmm. so so let's do that. But at the same time, if he has a plan, I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but we would have like again early on in our marriage. We probably if we, if something had come to a head, right? It's hard to imagine. I know me of having so a diff- strong enough opinion back then about anything. <laughs> Nineteen years old, but like, but like we're. I don't. know. We probably would have thought that way. Yeah. Now we now we don't. You know, right. like now yeah. it's so different, but. We probably nothing ever happened like that, but we probably if all of a sudden we're like, well, we can't agree. My, I don't know. My guess is we yeah. would have like landed on. Yeah, and I need to talk to my parents about it more too, and seeing like how that how this has worked for them mm-hmm. because I've never seen, I never saw that be an issue with them. But I'm like, if I think about it, I'm like, my dad was so trustworthy mm-hmm. that if he felt like our family should do something, we all would be like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. we should because yeah. you're wise and good and. Yeah, not because that. you're a man, but just because you're a yeah. good, wise person. Yeah. yeah, that's the part. I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, um, go ahead. I was gonna say that that's one of the parts that I've always. Now I think scripturally, I've I've come to an egalitarian, <clears throat> excuse me, um, point of view and and everything, and there's a bunch of reasons for that. But one of the things that is always interesting to me in this discussion, because there's a lot of truth in this, is that when guys are doing what they're supposed to be doing things go better in society, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like there, there's an element of this that, um, you know, you, when people are like, you know what the worst thing we have going on right now is 
right. X, Y, whatever they, right. they live. But, but at the same time, it's like, well, actually, you know what? If we just fix the family mm. <laughs> structure, right. like any, like all the statistics show like good solid homes, mm-hmm. like poverty is way less education. You know, all the, th- all the things are like so drastically different. And fatherlessness is one of the biggest ones. And it's about men being the, the godly man that they're supposed to be when that's not, when that's fractured, like society, like deeply fractures. Mm. And so there was a part of me that would always wrestle with that. Um, but then I realized that the reason why we don't have necessarily have those statistics with women is because women do a good job as a whole. <laughs> they're mm. holding do, it down. Do you know what I mean? But like as a whole, right. it's like we don't have motherlessness mm-hmm. as like a thing. Do you, you know, like yeah. so it's. But anyway, that's, that's not to say. So it's important to note there that we're speaking in large terms. So like if you're listening yes, to this and you're yeah, like, well, my mom abandoned me. No, it's no, like, no, no, well, no. I'm just for saying, sure like, happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just mean like as a right. like we, we can say fatherlessness society. is is a, a massive thing. thing. You know, yeah. statistically speaking. Yeah, it's a massive thing. Yeah. And um, and so anyway. That's uh, yeah. I one, I one time read an assessment of um, the movie Fight Club, uh, which was like a super I feel like. Yeah, you were about, probably for our age was like this this movie that a lot of people watched and drew a lot of totally. like philosophical sort of like credence into. Yep, and sure. uh, it was basically like Fight Club just tells us that our generation, we don't have a great war. We don't have like a World War Two. Our generation's great war is daddy issues. Like that <laughs> yeah. is our generation's great like <laughs> sure. issue that we had to deal with. I yeah. did not get that from that movie. <laughs> that then, but. Did you watch that movie? Yeah, I cannot imagine. I, I, I mean, it was so long ago. <laughs> me neither. I can't even. Yeah. Let's. Well, maybe we'll do a stay curious <laughs> yeah. Fight Club assessment. I don't know. We'll it did it. not age well, by the way. Lazy doing like live, like yeah. commenting. Oh, on. oh no. <laughs> um. Uh. So yeah, I think one of the things that I that I want people to kind of pull from this, um, or what I'm kind of getting from the story, uh, from y'all's story, is the in uh, insidious is maybe too strong of a word, but like the the sneakiness of that passive um submission or like passive it, again it's that thing of like i in my life have known so many women that are just kind of like what you're saying where it's just like well, i don't know i mean like i don't feel like he's making me do anything right, i have a great life right what i'm not. right but then at some point that it was like well but like what's your civic engagement like okay so now we're in this political moment and like what's your opinion on this and they're kind of like well, i don't know i never really Right. thought about it and it's like well at some point it's kind of and so the flip is is true for me like when jenny had to go to work i was like well i don't know how to cook well why don't you know how to cook it's like well i'm certainly anti-patriarchy but i was just like i don't know she always cooked so i never <laughs> yeah. learned how to cook so yeah. now i have to learn how to cook yeah. so i think like there's a message there um for all of us but like maybe for some women who are not dealing with this stuff because it's easier not to not because they're being abused right. in any way or, or yeah. like actively oppressed but it's just like well you know what happens if like you guys have a political disagreement but you always just kind of like voted however he voted or, yeah. or like yeah what happens if you need to go to work and he doesn't know how to cook because you just always cooked like that sort of there's like an ease of use um sin there you know or mm-hmm. like sort of a sin of omission rather than commission um that i just think is like y'all's story is a perfect example of how to be aware of that or like face it yeah, and like when I started being exposed to that and noticing things, even if it was like different friends over the years that we were like hang out with and they had a more like obvious <laughs> way that this played out, like mm-hmm. we'd leave a thing and I'd be like, 
whoa, oh, like I can't imagine. Like I think I um, I started to get stronger in my opinions because I was like, oh, I don't like that. Mm. Like I don't like that feeling of someone controlling me, which I never felt like. But when I saw it, I saw glimpses of it in the church world and then just in personal relationships, then my eyes were opened mm. a lot because I was like, okay, this hasn't had some huge negative impact in my life, but it does have a big negative mm-hmm. impact yeah. all over the place. Mm-hmm. And and then I started looking at the ways just in me personally it had affected things. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's um, – we won't get into the tea towel because we don't want to call anybody out. <laughs> the infamous. <laughs> the infamous tea towel. We do it in a vague way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with it. Um, uh, but that is something I want to know more about. Like, so have you as you sort of, like, stepped into your role as, um, you know, pastor – here which you didn't step into it you've always been the co-pastor but um as we as our church community has sort of like grown and continued to do like conference type things and engage with other church communities and like what are what are some struggles that you've had not as the woman pastor of hill city church but as a woman pastor in the larger network of like american churches that we're a part of Yeah, that's been super interesting and very eye-opening because, again, I've always felt empowered with John and I's dynamic and on this staff here, and I'm so thankful for, like, our church community because I've always felt like I have the freedom to be myself and don't have to fulfill anyone's, you know, traditional views of what a pastor's wife has to do or should look like or whatever. Um, But in the larger church world, um, so, for example, when – we are even starting Hill City, and we went to um, some trainings, and we were went to different conferences and stuff like that. There was just this consistent theme where they would separate the men and the women, but they would call – it's like the pastors go here and the pastor's wives – like, you know, your property goes over here. And in the coat, in the coat <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. Like this is where ticket. my opinions come out. Yeah, you get like a ticket for you that he has to turn in yeah. later. Yeah, and so it'd be like they're going to go in here and they're going to talk theology, church growth, all of this stuff that I found to be really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like – I want to be all in on those conversations. I love growing. I love leadership talks. And we'd go into this room that was like decorated beautifully mm-hmm. and they would have like little gift bags for us with like flowers and lotion and stuff like that and it was brunch and again there, there was a lot of thoughtfulness put behind those things and so this is not like a shot on the people mm-hmm. creating them but in our sessions we would talk legit one of the whole talks was about how it was really important as our role in church planting to make sure that we had sex with our husbands mm. to make sure that they felt good about themselves Oops. and um I'm so mad. <laughs> this is the first time Matt's hearing this. The heat just, yeah, I have not heard this story. My temperature just went up. Um, and so, and it would be a lot on like, you know, how to have a healthy marriage, how to be a better parent, how to balance family and church, which are all like all those things like I'm all on board for and like want to keep getting better at. But none of the men were talking about those things. Mm. Um And I wanted to talk about the leadership and how to grow and stuff like that. And that just was not a part of that. Now, I will say, um, I think that things are changing too in, um, in the, yeah, in the, in some of the church circles that we are in and Mm -hmm. stuff. But even as, um, I feel like I have stepped more into the role of co-pastor again, we've always been there, but 
just even the stage of life has changed for us over the years um, with kids and things like that. And so as I've stepped into that more, there has been a feeling of a feeling left out mm-hmm. um, because John will get invites to um, to like lead pastors gatherings and stuff. And um and I will not. Yeah. And and part of that is okay because I also want him to have time with guys and friends with other pastors and all of that. So it's like this push and pull of like, I don't – and he, again, he never makes me feel like this. But I'm like, I don't want to take anything away mm-hmm. by like inserting myself into mm-hmm. a situation where I'm not really invited or feel like wanted or needed. But – at the same time, I want to learn and I want to have people invest in me. And so like he'll come back from certain things and like tell me about all these like conversations he had and all this like networking. And so then he has these relationships that are built. And so then when we're trying to figure stuff out as a church, he can just like call up his buddy and talk about what they're doing. And like I'm just trying to like make it up on my own a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is kind of this tension of of just feeling left out or behind mm-hmm. a little bit that like I do battle with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, again, I always want to have like grace for people and organizations and all of that because again, I have felt loved and cared for even by the larger church mm-hmm. as a whole outside of Hill City, but there are some areas to grow. Yeah. <laughs> and I think like sometimes that grace has to be there because of people being in process too and you can't forget that no matter what the topic is but you can't so like for an example in one of the networks we're connected to apparently we are the only people in the entire network that do this hmm. so like we there's there's no other husband wife co-pastor hmm. like in the network in the way that we do it here there i'm sure there are other wives who are Maybe they don't phrase it that way, but they're doing it, right. you know, but so the network is set up where I do get invited to things and Lacey doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, and so um, we're trying to change that part, you know, and, but we would be the first couple to ever do it in the network. And mm-hmm. so we're we're trying to figure that out some of those things. But in process, it's like a lot of the men would never have to think about it because it's just not their their life and it's right. not the way that they do ministry. And so. That's been part of it. And I think, too, you know, when things change and, and shift, like there was a dramatic change for us between when we had Max and Nevaeh mm. and like how we treated ministry and then this go around with Ruby. Yeah. Um, even for me, the way that like I thought about it, when we had Max and Nevaeh, we were doing college ministry and Lisa, I stayed home with them. Yeah. And, and, and I wanted to. And she wanted that to. That was right. truly what I wanted and so, to do. Right. And I think I was pretty sensitive. I think, you um, you know, back then about it and would always be like, Hey, do you want to do this? Do you want to, you know, whatever. Um, but she really wanted to stay home. So I was doing most of the ministry during that time. And she was just doing what she could Mm -hmm. like, you know, (laughs) being exhausted. And so, um, but this time it dramatically shifted where this go around, even though, we are in a way bigger church with way bigger responsibilities and all those things when, when she was pregnant with Ruby and then when Ruby was born, like I had to be like, I have had to be like, okay, Lacey needs to work full time. Mm. And so do I. And so there's been a lot of times where just me, I'm just like, okay, I'll stay at home or I'll, you know, that we've had, it's just a whole different feel this time. The way we operate shifted a lot. Yeah, because um, because sure. I had a hunger. I was like, wait, I, no, I like to work. Yeah. I want to like grow. We want to do this yeah. this round differently. And I will say too, with the um, 
with the being in networks of, you know, church planning and different, you know, pastor couples and, and all of that, what's interesting and why there's, it's just so different for women is that, you know, when they're, when a guy wants to be a pastor, there's like a pretty clear path. You know, mm-hmm. when you go through church planning training, you know, yeah. all these guys in the room, they want to preach, they want to, you know, develop things, they want to lead a staff, like all of that. But for the women in the room, there are a lot of windy roads and, um, and just different giftings and what they want it to be, you know, some some couples like the wife is like not involved in church at all mm-hmm. like that's his job what he does she's not a part of it um others are super involved and are like leading women's ministry or mm-hmm. the kids ministry um some are like just really great volunteers and all in there um and then but we just didn't have a lot that were in our same scenario mm-hmm. like we have different like our roles look different as we leave like I don't preach every single Mm -hmm. week and stuff like that um and so our giftings are different and our roles look a little bit different but it was it has been just I think difficult for me um not having those role models Mm -hmm. to look up to Mm -hmm. um and even growing up I never saw um there were amazing women all around me but I didn't see them kind of using their gifts in the same way that I felt like I was wired to use mine. So that was another, you know, kind of eye-opening thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, it would have been cool if I had had someone like that. And then I had an eye, a kind of uh uh-oh moment when I was realizing all these things. I'm like, oh, wait, no, I am, I need to be one of these people because we have, you know, younger women on staff and in our church and all that. So I, I need to think about this in doing it on purpose mm-hmm. to like pave a way for others because like John said in our network and stuff we're the only ones that do this mm-hmm. but if you don't invest in women as leaders then it's going to remain that way right yeah and it kind of puts you in that place too where your role models become your contemporaries like you become yeah. each other's role models you know yes. um that system um can be tough because you feel like there's nobody when you're trailblazing right there's nobody ahead of you but um, the people next to you are the ones that you end up looking up to and they look up to you. I mean, For I see sure. that like with you and Nicole, like Nicole Eunice who yeah. comes in, uh, comes here or you and Cara or. Right. I'm um, like, Will you guys mentor me and be my best friend? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Cause you kind of have to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is cool in a way, but also can be very scary. Yeah. And that's again, not to say that there aren't, there are women that were, were total trailblazers. And yeah. again, when my eyes were open to the way people like, Beth Moore and mm-hmm. Jen Hatmaker, and name of you, have been treated right. um, by the male-dominated church world. That is like shocking and yeah. horrifying. So again, that's not where I'm coming from. Right. But I am so grateful to those that have led anyway. Yeah, I think it's in some ways it's almost worse in in sort of like evangelical spaces because when you're denominational, it's like look. This yeah, this is the church is. law. This has been the church law for however it, you know. I didn't make. It. There's almost like a passing of the buck where it's just like, look, some dude 150 years ago or 500 years ago made this, and we're just abiding. Right. Whereas, um, and so like that's what it is. Um, and, but in in the sort of non-denominational space, there with folks like Beth Moore and and Jen Hatmaker and and um, the space that you're in, there there is this really. It's that really insidious kind of like, it's like vague, yeah, yeah, vague sort of like dismissiveness, kind of like um, the sl- in sales they used to call it the slow no, like the the nice mm-hmm. like 
yeah, no, you can't do this. <laughs> you yeah. know, you're not allowed. You're not welcome. When I was telling John the other day, even as we were talking about the message that he was going to preach this past weekend, I was like, you know, there is something in me that almost gets a little like nervous or this like weird feeling, even even though I know where he stands. But when I see like the books that he's reading on complementarianism versus egalitarianism and all that, and I know there's going to be discussion around it, I'm like, my role is the only one in question here mm. when it's when this is the discussion. Yeah. So when we hear that like, oh yeah, watch parties are having like these great discussions about it and there's people on different parts, they you know, have different viewpoints or whatever. I'm like, that's great because people need to wrestle with scripture and mm-hmm. they, you know, we need to talk about these theological things, but it's a weird feeling because it's like, oh, you're talking about whether I am, a, you think I'm allowed to do this or not. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure on you specifically because yeah, nobody like Car as the, children's pastor is from my standpoint like a pastor like i oh, you know yeah, like yeah. cara oh. has cared for my family pastorally on several yes. occasions yeah. but you know there's that thing like, well, it's like a children's we pastor right yeah. Yeah. yeah um so yeah that's that's tough i appreciate you sharing that yeah thanks. um i feel like i'm supposed to tell the tea towel story <laughs> oh, do it right no i, mean, I don't know we can edit it it's out. fine we can edit it out but like so the tea towel story is just like john got invited to a thing and he went, and it was like you were talking about. You didn't feel yeah, any sort I wanted of way him about to go at first. Yeah, but. And then, uh, but then Lacey's like at home, not only with her kids, but she was helping another family <laughs> with their kids. And then uh, in the mail from the organization that John was with comes a tea towel. <laughs> Like a dish, like, a dish cloth. Tea dish towel cloth. sounds fancier. It, yes. it was a dish it was cloth. A dish cloth. <laughs> it was a dish cloth with some scripture on it. And that's what she got while, while John was off golfing yeah. or whatever it was. It was a miss yeah. on their part. But again, I know they were trying to be thoughtful. And, you know, I was it was like, furious. A, it was a note. There was a note that was like, thanks for allowing him to come and holding things down at home. Like, that was. And it said, be still and know that I am God. And I was like, again, yeah, in fairness. After I'm done with the dishes, I'll be still. It's not enough. <laughs> It is. It was a really big miss. I mean, a huge miss. And, um, but at the same time, again, this is where the grace part comes yes. in. Like they're like, yeah, right. So anyway, yeah, and just you know, sometimes what grace looks like is Lacey knows it'll make me mad, so she tells me, <laughs> and I'm mad for her. <laughs> That's our whole dynamic. Right. It's <laughs> like what? Yeah. No, but again, there's yeah, people are, are in process and they're figuring it out. Yeah, they're trying to be thoughtful. And people so. mean well most of the time. Well, you know, I think there's a reality that most, um, in particular, men. Um, so think about this. Primarily, this is not always the case, but primarily when you see a church scandal come out mm-hmm. about sex or something with money or abuse of power, it's typically from a complementarian mm. Um, mm. structure. Interesting. And so not all the time, not all the time. Like there's certain, like Bill Hybel's stuff with Willow Creek, he's egalitarian. So like, so that stuff happens. It's just like primarily you hear it from the power plays and everything that abuse and all that stuff, even what's happened with like Liberty and -hmm. and everything like that's the structure that they've had there. And, um, and so there's a, there's a part of it. It doesn't mean all that that way or they're all jerks or all. It's like easier to abuse. It is. It is because what's, what's put in there is this authoritative nature. And then when power is abused, then you're going to exploit someone and Mm. it's always women in those scenarios. And so, so it just, it lends itself to that when there isn't healthy boundaries and healthy discussions, which there are absolutely yeah. 
you know, great organizations and great pastors and everything that hold to that view. It's just primarily when we see that that's typically the case in, in a lot of the church scandals. And so, whereas you don't see it as much in the egalitarian kind of point of view, however, I mean, that, there might be some other reasons for that too, but I would also say this, I think one of the reasons that we get stuck here a little bit is that typically, honestly, like men don't really invest the time to begin to look at what the Bible says, you know, and and spend the time in reading and seeing like, oh, wait, maybe there's different perspective here, or maybe we got this wrong, or maybe the fact that this thinking came from an unbelievable patriarchal society where women didn't have a voice, so how mm. could they bring a, another opinion, you know? Right. Like, I was just reading the book called Paul and Gender by this woman, I can't remember her name, but it's like, unbelievable how good it is you know and but she wouldn't had a voice 50 years ago Mm. yeah you know what i mean so so i think some of this even for um us men there you have to come to a point where you 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 really need to invest in this more and what it really means to like be a man of god in this and what does it look like and talk about it and discuss it and really invest in scripture because i think we get it's way too easy to be like, well, it says wives submit to your husbands and man has authority. And then you don't do anything with that. Mm-hmm. Like even if you're going to hold to the man as the head of the home and you're going to have the complementarian view, man, that the woman should flourish around you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, so if that's not happening and like, then you're doing it completely wrong. Right. <laughs> you know? So anyway. Right. Yeah. And I feel like for, women too the challenge is to um which i am saying to myself all the time is to um gain the confidence to step into some of those situations Mm. and to step into what you think about things Mm -hmm. and to study the scripture yourself as well to um to not just depend on what has just been taught to you because we we get in this catch-22 like don was saying like there's this book written by this woman, but like there aren't tons of books yeah. on this topic mm-hmm. written by women. And so if we don't step into some of those spaces, then then we're missing out on a whole nother generation of like voices and opinions that the church needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's a confidence thing too, to step into a place where you don't necessarily, you aren't always invited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, this, yeah. and this goes to two, and I know we're going to end here in a second, but and this is a whole other tangent that I would love to get on and nerd out on some scripture. But I mean, think about it this way. If I, if I were to say, uh, love your enemies, is that a masculine verse or a feminine verse? Mm. And typically people are going to say, well, that's a feminine verse. Right. I'm like freaking Jesus taught that. Do you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like that's like a, like one of the biggest things he teaches in the Sermon on the Mount and what that's supposed to do. And so even the way we think about Bible passages sometimes like causes some of this stuff. And, I would love to get into like eighties Christianity and cold we're, cold war Christianity we're, and why we're, we're gonna but anyway. <laughs> but anyway, um I think that plays into like the masculinity stuff and the because there is an element of protector and warrior and all that stuff too. That's in like there again, there are some things about men and women that are yeah, different. Men and women right? are not the same. Correct. Right. <laughs> yes. And so but it, it it just transcended and you know, you kind of build in the fear based model of Christianity that's still alive and well today, but in particular back then, the, f- the fear that was placed in people. And it was just like, don't worry, the men will come to protect. And right. then if you're like, what about love your enemies? Well, that's right. not what that's about. <laughs> you know, so it's right. like 
things get twisted so easily that way. Mm, that's good. Yeah, I definitely think that we will have another one of these conversations because I have more questions too. Um, and also we've gotten a bunch of requests. I've gotten a bunch of requests anyway to talk about like that culture in like the 80s and 90s yeah. mm-hmm. and the Cold yeah. War and <laughs> purity culture and from. yeah, all the stuff. So <laughs> we're going to get we're going to keep getting into it, I think. Um, I heard one person describe it as Cold War, it's either Cold War Christianity or Crotch Christianity. <laughs> Those are the Ew. only two. Because they said Cold War Christianity is about the fear-based model. Right. Crotch Christianity is like your only concern was happening in people's pants. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, the, so yeah. If you can weird. figure that out. <laughs> very, very, very weird. That's also why, like, to Lacey's point about, um, you know, uh, that it takes a lot of bravery for women to, like, step into the space and, like, cr- you know, talk about this stuff. Um, like, there you could just about squeeze all of the content that's been produced about men and lust uh, <laughs> onto the continent of Australia, maybe. <laughs> um, but like a couple of years ago, we, when we were ta- we were doing a sermon series on lust or, or something like mm-hmm. that, and like somebody went to go look for, you know, women were asking like, is there any, you know, any um, content that I, you know, I, this is something I struggle with right. or I have a porn, you know, women, like I have a porn addiction. Or, yeah. Is there anything I can read? And we literally couldn't find, a, hard. we found yeah, like a blog post, yeah, it's right. not a book to be seen. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. It's super weird. So crazy. All right. Well, we're going to continue this conversation later on. If you want to get in on the conversation, you can email us at staycurious at hillcityrva.com. Um, shoot us an email there. You can follow us on Instagram at Hill, or I'm sorry, at uh, Stay Curious Pod, um, and you can follow us on Twitter at Stay Curious Cast. Um, make sure to rate and review us, and share this or your favorite episode um, to get other folks in on the conversation. And until next time, remember to stay curious. Stay curious.